0: advantage of the day okay. when you get an opportunity in this game you make a play yeah. the playmakers on three one two three playmakers. touchdown kansas city the chiefs are right in the thick of it baby and hello once again everybody welcome to this edition of defending the kingdom mitch holters with you voice of the chiefs along with chiefs reporter matt McMullen and He's back. Barbershop. <laughs> the shop. The barbershop. Sean Barber, 10-year National Football League veteran, great ambassador, community leader. Shop, it's good to see you, my friend. Man,
1: so great to be back, back in the seat, right? Uh, back talking about the Chiefs, right? Ready for the revenge tour to start, man. I'm excited to be back here on Defending the Kingdom.
0: And the Defending Kingdom brought to you, of course, by 360 Vodka, the hometown Kansas City vodka, and the official vodka of the Kansas City Chiefs and the Chiefs' kingdom. This episode is going to be entitled The Best of Times and the Worst of Times. We try to be culture, bringing in Charles Dickens here. Uh, (laughs) But before we do that, one of the things we've kind of had some fun with is where people are listening or watching Defending the Kingdom. And I got one this week that's from Lithuania. Wow. Gary Shelby from Lithuania says it's the tip of the spear of the Chiefs' Kingdom. I guess so, uh, unless you're in, uh, you know, north of Lithuania, someplace. But it, shop, it's crazy where people, Matt has some guy listens to it and watches on a toilet, right? So. <laughs> You know, whatever works, man. It's, but the defending the kingdom, you know, we've been on it for a couple of years. It's like we get them from all over the place. All
1: over the place. And it's, it's, it's uh, amazing he mentioned the tip of the spear. I haven't heard of that concept in, uh, last time I heard it when I was playing for Philadelphia. Our special teams talked about the tip of the spear being the, the the first unit to touch the field to be able to pierce the armor of our opponent. That first kickoff, we wanted to go out there and there's a tip of the spear we wanted to be the first thing that they felt, and it was like a, a calling card call, uh, to, call call to war for our special teams as we prepared to run out there for that first kickoff or kickoff return.
0: Well, we've got the 53-man roster now to start the 2021 season, and that's what we're dealing with on this episode, kind of a bye week here, the way that the uh, NFL has structured the schedule. But we've got the 53. There could be a few tweaks here, but what we see is what we've got. And we're going to title this The Best of Times and the Worst of Times. Let's talk about why it's the best of times. And I want to ask you two guys what excites you most about the 53 man roster? Matt, I'll start with you. All right, so two things. First of all, creativity, the
2: options that Coach Reed has to be creative offensively. And think about what we saw against the Minnesota Vikings. We saw a four tight end set. How often do we see that in the NFL? We've talked a lot about two tight end sets, three tight end sets, how having Noah Gray and Blake Belt allow you to do that. But now Jody Fortson in the fold on the initial 53 man roster. We saw a four tight end set, led to a touchdown against the Minnesota Vikings. 11 times last year, teams ran four tight end sets, only 11 times all year long, only two passing plays. Coach Reed has four tight ends now that he can use, and he immediately gets a touchdown the first time he runs it. So creativity is one thing I'm excited about with this 53. And also just depth, I mean, particularly in the trenches. Think about the offensive line rebuild was all about depth. We know the starting five, but think about the backups on this group. Guys like Mike Rimmers, Austin Blythe, Laurent DuVernay-Tardif. I know he has the hand injury, but monitoring him, but still he's on this team. Andrew Wiley and Nick Allegretti. That's 238 career starts, not just game starts. So a ton of depth behind that starting five. It has me very excited. Didn't even include Kyle Long there, who's on the PUP list. But creativity and depth have me very excited about this 53.
0: Shop. What excites you about this 53 now that it kind of gets sorted out?
1: I'm also excited about the four tight ends. When he <laughs> said, when I think about the the, the term uh, 14 personnel, not many times <laughs> do you even think about defending 14 personnel. Having four tight ends, having two of them spread out as wide receivers, when you got Jordy Forson and Noah Gray being able to get vertical, and then you think about Kelsey underneath, and then you want to compare. Pack that formation back to a run. I don't know what defense I put out there. Base, goal line, (laughs) nickel. I'm I'm at a loss whatever I put out there. You can almost call three different plays. And depending on the defensive personnel, you can call a play that takes advantage of that defense. So I'm I'm a little confused right now. My defensive uh, gears are turning. I really don't know how you defend against the 14 personnel, like you say, 17 snaps and all, 11. All the, oh, 11 snaps. Across the NFL. Across the NFL. I think that that's going to be something that's going to be a game changer. And I'm excited to see how the creativity of uh, um, Coach Andy Reid and B enemy use that 14 personnel. And as a defensive mindset, I'm kind of thrown back.
0: I feel seminars <laughs> coming
1: here. Here's what
0: excites me about it. And it's the four tight ends as well but it's countermeasures. Mm. This is countermeasures to what teams have done to try to slow down Patrick Mahomes and this offense. They set the safeties back at 25 yards. They backpedal to 30. Wait a minute. I put four tight ends on the field. I'm just going to run at you. And I got four tight ends that can run every route on the tree, to your mm-hmm. point. The other's the offensive line. We've seen it. But that brings in the screen game. We saw it in the 56-yard touchdown against Minnesota. This is the best of Andy Reid of 2013, 14, and 15. When they had Rodney Hudson, they had a lineman that could run those crazy screens. And now all of a sudden, you got, you got – Eight years of playbook going to a ninth. I don't know how you prepare for this team. And I'll throw one in here, Shop, and you can tag this, is what Spags has done with the pressure packages. To me, it's a countermeasure. I love the defensive side of this because Spags is bringing that creativity that we saw with the Giants.
1: Man, what are you going to do against the defense when they line up and they have – we call it a joker package. Because, Joker, you have no idea where we're coming from. You don't know who we're bringing, whether we overload the, the weak side, strong side, bringing the defensive end off the, the, the left side, linebackers up the middle, safeties out of the secondary, even cornerbacks coming off of blitzes. It opens up such a array of different uh, pressures and blitzes. It's an amazing thing to see a defense get to a point where you can trust. And that's what it comes down to. You have to be able to trust that the guys uh, not only going to come when you tell them to come, but that we're going to be able to cover it up. When you can cover and you trust that you can, um, um, you know, one on one, really match up against what the offense has on the field. Then that allows your defensive uh, promise to just man. It's all kind of pressure is going to be able to come, in. so I'm, I'm I'm glad to see Coach Spags has finally got the personnel, the people he want um, on the field at, at any one, one point in time. Where we're going to see how creative we can be on both sides of the ball now, and it won't just be an offensive party. And I'll tag that, too, because think about what Spags did in New York.
2: He had the four aces defense, right? It's four defensive ends basically playing on the defensive line. Well, you have all these different guys that you can rotate in there. So maybe you don't have a guy that's traditionally a defensive end. Like, I'm thinking Tershawn Wharton, a guy like that. But he can play defensive end. He can do that. And then Chris Jones, a defensive tackle, can play defensive end. Mike Dana can do that, too. And also, you have guys like Josh Kando coming off the bench for this team. Alex Okafor, Mike Dana. So you have depth at those spots and guys that are versatile to do different things. So looking forward to the pressure this year. Uh, The defense should be a lot of fun, don't you think?
0: I think it's going to be awesome. And the ace of clubs in that is Chris Jones. Uh That is the ace of clubs, because he is bringing a club uh, (laughs) with him. And those pressures in the preseason were awesome. Again, our uh, Defending the Kingdom brought to you by 360 Vodka. This episode entitled, The Best of Times, The Worst of Times. I'm going to have a little fun before we transition now to why it's also the worst of times. What? What uh, of this 53-person roster, and I'm going to throw in a 54th because there's going to be a roster move here. Uh, what draft round do you think is most represented on this roster? Uh, what round were most of these players taken in? Just throw it out there.
1: I'm, let me throw out fourth round because that was a fourth-round pick.
0: Beautiful. I, Seven I, of them, Okay, you're, close.
1: Let me, you're close. Let me, I'll okay. go with fourth round.
2: Uh, I'm going to say third round because third round is the magic round for the Chiefs. Answer would
0: be none of them. Here's what's crazy. <laughs> here's what's, here's what's crazy. I'm out of my chair on this episode of Defending the Kingdom. 53-man roster, 25% of this team was undrafted. Wow. It gives me chills to talk about it. Yeah. Now, you guys have – let's just go through here a second. Dude, you came out of Richmond, an FCS school, proud school, great academic tradition. You've had some football players out of there. However, when you think about, hey, let's look at some power schools here, I ain't thinking about no spiders (laughs) from Richmond. Thirteen guys on there are free, are undrafted free agents. That just that blows me away.
1: Well, I can definitely speak to the heart of what it what it's like to enter the NFL as a free agent or as an un, unrecruited, undrafted player. Many of my friends did, but that mindset you have coming from a University of Richmond, coming from a small school, being a product of that. You, you don't feel like anything is given to you. You feel like you need to earn every day you have to be a part of that that program. And then year in and year out, I felt like I was always the 53rd guy. I, I From the day I entered the Washington Redskins, my first year in the NFL, I felt like I was number 50, 51, 52, 53. I felt like somebody was trying to take my spot each and every day at practice. And I entered with that mindset every training camp. It kept me hungry, it kept me humble, but it also kept me very hard working. And that, that, that allowed the best of me to show up on a daily basis at practice.
0: And Matt, also looking at this crew, I'm thinking it ain't just guys from Power Five schools. <laughs> like we're looking at three Division Two guys on this roster, three and two guys that played FCS football in the Missouri Valley Conference, which is the SEC of FCS football. But you're going to argue with me on that. You are. But – the fact that this isn't just and and these the, the d1 conferences are all over the board i mean we got sunbelt we got mountain west we got everything on there yeah yeah well that's what you do if you're a great
2: team right you find the guys no matter where they are and tershawn wharton's always the best example of this because you find a guy just down the road at missouri snt how many nfl players are coming from missouri snt one him yeah one I and you find tershawn wharton and he's not just in this league he's a good player in this league he's one of the best one of the best rookie defensive tackles in all of football last year you find him after the draft is over so that's what makes Brett Veach and his staff so good is you don't just stop when the draft ends. You find guys like Byron Pringle, Ben Neiman, Darius Harris, linebacker on this team, and Tershawn Wharton, guys that went to maybe smaller schools but can contribute at this level. You can see things in their game. Just get your coach's hands on them, you know, and turn them into pros. And we've seen that time and time again with Brett Veach and his staff.
0: Now, we're going to transition here a bit because there's no game this week. I wanted to spend a little time on this element that it's the worst of times. Let me get it started this way. It was Tuesday. No, it's Monday. So I knew it was going to be cut down day. I have to come in early in the morning. I get COVID tested. But I'm walking through the parking lot, and I see dudes, and I know who they are, setting in their cars. They're waiting for the time they're going to come into the building. And I am know, or at least think I know, what their next 90 minutes are going to be like. And I got a knot in my stomach. Mm. There are guys that aren't on this list, that I want to deal with here, because if we don't, I think we lose the human element of this game. Now, we like to watch it on hard knocks. We like to watch the train wreck. We just don't want to be in the train wreck. But I'm going to ask you two guys, because you said you were the guy, you felt like you were the 53 third guy every year. Mm -hmm. And I'm guessing in those 10 plus years, you were sweating it out a lot of times. I'm going to get to you in a second. But Matt, your thoughts when you think about just the gut punch that these guys had on Monday, Tuesday, and how difficult it is, and how the empathy of Andy Reid and Brett Veach comes into play here because it's not lost on those guys. Yeah, well, this is hard to
2: believe, but I never played pro football. I know it's hard to believe. I don't (laughs) know if you guys knew that. But we are around these guys every day. And the thing is that we're around these guys from the very beginning. We don't just show up in training camp. We're with them when they're signed as reserve futures contracts in January and February. And for those that don't know how that works, even when the playoffs are still going on, if there's free agents out there that want to sign a contract for the next season, they can sign a reserve futures deal. And a lot of the guys that were waived and released released were those kind of guys, young players trying to make it in this league. They signed their contract back in, back in February, got, they got their chief skier, and they started working out here in April. And then in May, they were out there on the field for rookie minicamp, or uh, OTAs, Then minicamp in June, and then, of course, training camp. So they've been a part of this team for a very long time, grinding on this playbook, trying to make this roster. And the tough thing is, a lot of these guys, they have to know, I'm probably not going to make this team but yet they still have to give it their all. And think how difficult that is and how hard that must be. And you have to respect these guys for everything they gave to this team. Who knows, maybe some of them will be back on the practice squad or later on in the season on the roster, but it's a tough mindset to have. And the thing about this organization you mentioned Brett Veach and his staff, they get that. And they get the people element and the human element of it. And that's important to remember that these guys didn't just show up in training camp. They've been part of this team for a very long time, giving their all to this team and their contributions to be uh, appreciated for sure.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of reasons I love Andy Reid, but that's a big one. He he gets what those 48 hours are like. And I've never gotten used to it. It's only my 28th year in the NFL, and I never want to get used to it. Because if you get desensitized to that, it's more of a problem uh, than you – someone might realize, but it gets close to home. A guy like Darius Shepard, right? Dream, playing for the Chiefs, Blue yeah. Springs High School, Dalton Schoen, Blue Valley Northwest High School. Uh, Darius plays at North Dakota State. Uh, Schoen plays at K-State. can. I'm wearing a Chiefs uniform. And they both performed well in the preseason and at training camp. But your point's a good one. These guys just didn't show up at St. Joe and go, oh, give me a tryout. But you have a perspective shot more than the two of us on what this feels like. The tension, the gut punch, dealing uh, dealing with it, and how you respond.
1: Well, I mean, life is life. And sometimes, you know, all your goals and dreams, you, you build it up to this culmination of this high point, playing for my childhood dream, playing in the NFL. Um, if you allow being cut from one team to really deter you or knock you off your track, then you probably really wasn't supposed to be in the NFL in the pr- first place. Um, I know that from, from seeing myself being on you know, on and off different NFL teams, it was the perseverance that sometimes comes with being cut. Sometimes um, um, you need to be released from a team to realize, how much do I really want this? Am I really interested in being an NFL player to the, to the fact that I'm going to sacrifice the next 11 months of working out uh, um, away from my family? The offseason, am I going to keep um, going down this road that sometimes is going to have a return on my investment of being cut, of being released, looking for a job week after week after week, maybe coming back as a practice squad player, um, making the minimum. How, how long am I willing to chase this dream of mine of being an NFL player? Not everybody has the luxury of being a you know a fourth and above round draft pick and giving three or four years to show you have some worth of the team. Majority of the guys are just that. They're guys trying to beat each other out, to have a seat at the table, to be a part of a team. And when you're part of a team practicing all through training camp, you do not think that I'm trying out for that that one team. All of your film, all of the work you're doing, you're out there putting on film, on tape, something to bring somebody's eyes open to give you a shot. Because you know that one thing happens in the NFL is not for long. People get hurt. There are injuries going to happen, spots going to open up. And so you need somebody, a scout, that maybe was a part of our organization, or a scout that has left our organization and went to another team. When I was at the Chiefs, I, I saw that guy work out. I was around him. He's a, he's a workout monster. He's gonna, he knows football. He's a, he's a quick processor of information. He can come here and play special teams right away. Those are the attributes you need to be um, kind of tagged to your persona. So that anybody, any league that has an opportunity for you to go showcase your skills and abilities, you got to be ready to showcase those things at a moment's notice. When it's time to shine, it's time to shine bright. And the guys on our team, they took advantage of an opportunity. But the team they were trying to make is not a good team. They're trying to make a great team. And when you have a great team and you have an abundance of riches when it comes to the the kind of players and the, the skill we play at, it's hard to make that team. Yeah. But the hard, that, 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 that same effort and mentality and all that sacrifice you put into making yourself the best you can be on game day, somebody acknowledged it. And you'll see a lot of guys who got cut from our team end up on other rosters.
0: I'll just give you this personal, and I didn't play either, Matt, in the NFL. <laughs> hard Imagine to believe. It. You could, <laughs> though. I, I believe it. I beat Phillipsburg my senior year on a quarterback sneak. <laughs> uh, that's it. But I was among 300 applicants for two other NFL jobs. I got to the final two and told, this looks good. We think you've got it. Mm -hmm. Another one, final five. I still have the media account of the five finalists and didn't get either one of those. And I remember that feeling of sitting in that pickup like I saw those guys sitting in that day. But to shop's point, it was like it became a defining moment. And I ended up being the voice of the Chiefs like two years later, uh, which is the best job of any of them. So... It was the worst of times that became the best of times, and now we're in a Super Bowl ring of being here for 28 seasons. But I remember that feeling. You think you're there, and then at the last second, you're not. So I've always just had some empathy and a heart for that, and I don't want to lose it. Um, But it's interesting to see how guys rebound from it. Now, our final look at the best of times and worst of times, the Chiefs have their 53-man roster right now, is – Kind of some of the abnormalities in this roster. We've already touched on the four tight ends, right? That's and and shop. I'm with you. If this works, you're going to see it about oh 20 NFL teams going. How do we find four tight ends like that?
2: <laughs> it's going like, okay. to be a disaster too yeah, because yeah, they're going to have guys that should not be doing, doing it. Doing it well. It's going to be a lot of defense. A, close.
1: Right, a lot of defense coordinators going all of a sudden turn gray uh, <laughs> in one season. You're going to be saying that before and after pitch, And then, wow, you played the Chiefs. Now, you messed up all your concepts and everything. Um, that, that 14 personnel, I'm telling you, I'm going to get a T-shirt that says 14 personnel, bring the noise. But it's unique, I'm right? You. I'm with
2: you. I love it. How many teams can have their fourth tight end in Jody Fortson be 6'6", 230, can play wide receiver? If you're a linebacker and you see Jody Fortson running at you, what do you do?
1: Hope and pray. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, but let's take let's, – uh, before we get to the abnormalities, I, I, you brought up Fortson because, yeah. shop, this is going to be in your wheelhouse. Because I'm gonna, Fortson has worked. He, he's the guy that's been cut. Yeah. He sat in the car. Dude, you're not, you didn't make it. Hang in there. No, doesn't mean no. Might not mean just right now. All, all that mm-hmm. stuff, right? We all just talked about that. Now he's made it. He was in front of the media earlier this week, and it was awesome. Yeah. But I want to ask you about this. And, Shop, I, I'm going to let Matt weigh in, but I'm going to get your thought. Now the tension changes. Because I remember the tension I felt. Let's mm-hmm. go back to my little episode. I finally get it. I got shut down. I made it, beat 298 to lose, right? I beat 295 to lose, but now I get it. And now my stomach starts to churn for another reason because now right. it's time to play. Jody, you've made it. You get about 48 hours to enjoy it, but now what are you going to do? So, Matt, here he is. He's got a chance, but now he has to play and make plays. When I think him having that perspective
2: of being cut is going to help him, don't you think? I mean, his media a couple days ago was awesome, and he even said right away, hey, I haven't made it. This isn't my dream to make a team. My dream is to play in the NFL and have a long career. This is a step in the process. I think he understands that, and he understands this was just – part of what he's trying to do to achieve his dream. And I think when you have that perspective, it isn't given to you. I think it's a lot easier to go out there and make plays and play loose and just be a great football player. I mean, is that kind of on point? Do you think Sean?
1: Oh, definitely, man. It's time to put up a shut up. You you tell yourself what you want. I've been investing my time, sacrificing my my treasure and my talent because I believe that I'm good enough to be in this league. And no matter how many times he looked at himself in the mirror and told himself, I'm good enough. I'm good enough. I'm good enough. It wasn't until he gets that, uh, that last seal of approval, that last, when it's time to play the Cleveland Browns, not only is he part of the team, but now he wants to be active. He wants to be an active member when it comes to kicking the Browns' butt uh, um, on, on game one of the season. He wants to be a part of that, not just the practice, not the preparation, but he wants to make an impact in his league as a player. Everybody has the same desire, right? You want to be accepted. You want to be impactful, but you want to make a difference, Right, you don't want to walk away and just be in a a, a, a cog or uh, just a, a, a sidebar. No, you want to you want to score. You want to you want to let your teammates know you've done everything to prepare yourself for this moment. And when it's time for that pay to be called, you want Pat to have the trust in you that you're prepared to make that catch, make that play, so that you can spike that ball in the end zone <laughs> and have everybody remember your name.
0: When you got you made the team. Now you're the Richmond dude yeah. that made the team. Barbara made the team. Wow. When did it? kick in like uh, okay now i gotta do it
1: about the fourth week of the season really it took that, that long man up until the fourth week of the season i was still you weren't at, puking on the i mean going out the week <laughs> one like i was playing with i had daryl green I, I had some some all pro guys i was still like in all of that i was even on the field with them yeah, yeah marcus patton Marcus Patton was the middle linebacker when I was on the field as the weak linebacker with the Redskins. Many a years playing here, I know MP. Many of the, our viewers remember MP. Yeah, good dude. Um, good, great dude. But be, being a guy out of Richmond and just dreaming about playing football, it was about the fourth game of the season when I realized it's just football. It, like it, it really is. Like they talk about the speed of the game <laughs> and everything's getting. Like, people run faster. They hit harder. I could, I'm the hammer. I'm not the nail. I'm not taking it from anybody. I'm delivering the blows. <laughs> I, I'm I'm the aggressor out here, right? I get to set the tempo. I'm making you come. You got to come pack your lunch and come to my party. I'm not just a a participant in this. No, no, this is my show. This is the Sean Barber show. <laughs> and and it, it, at the fourth game is when I took control of my destiny and I wasn't just trying to be in the league anymore. No, this is my league. I own it. It's my destiny. You know, I'm the creator. And so that's when it all became different. And then from game four until... I guess 10 seasons later, uh, that's when I ran down on the kickoff, kind of hurt my neck and was like, oh, this ain't it for me no more. <laughs>
2: that, that, that's a <laughs> cool Party's point, over. though. That's a cool point, though, because I think about what Tyron Matthew said before the very first preseason game. I asked him "What? what's your advice to the young guys trying to make this team going out there on a professional field for the first time, mm-hmm. and he said go out there and play the game you've been playing since you were five, and just let, them, let the world know who you are. That's all he wanted them to do. And you look at this roster and the guys that made the very end of this roster, the bubble guys that made it, that's what they did. They went out there in the preseason. Guys like Jody, and we like you know what I'm not worried about all the noise I know what I can do I'm gonna go out there and play football it's what I've been doing my whole life right it shouldn't be that hard I can do this once I put everything else all the distractions aside and for the guys that made this team it's just a really awesome thing to see how they took that and then achieved their achieved their dream because they put all that thing all, the, all that stuff aside and realized I can
0: be a football player in this league
1: no doubt. yeah we've
0: seen it with fountain too but again to just reiterate 25 percent of this roster is undrafted undrafted it's just it's crazy so final part of this uh the best of times the worst of times episode uh on the defending the kingdom would be going back now to the abnormality of this roster what are we seeing in the nfl because we got corners that are safeties that are corners we get so to me and matt we've talked about this and, and shop you and i have too I think the worst thing to do for any of us is to pigeonhole some guy and to say he's this or that. You look at this roster, I got a whole bunch of this and that's. Yeah, it doesn't exist anymore if you're
2: just one position. That's just not the case anymore. You have to be versatile in this league. And we're seeing that across this team on both sides of the ball. So think about the offensive line rebuild. Really, no one on this roster is just a guard or just a tackle. Almost everyone can play guard and center or both tackle spots or tackle and guard. Think about Andrew Wiley. He can play guard and tackle for you. Nick Allegretti, center and guard. The list goes on. These guys can all play different spots. That's very important to keep in mind. It's how the defensive secondary is set up. Guys like uh, Legarius Sneed can play both slot and outside corner. But then you can have Tyron Matthew. He can play anywhere you want. He could be the best corner in the league if he wanted to, but he's a safety. So you have defensive backs that can play all over the place. And then also, I mentioned it earlier, but we're seeing it along the defensive line too because you have guys like Mike Dana, Tershawn Wharton, and Chris Jones that can each play both inside and outside. So you have guys that can do different things for you. So if you're looking at the depth at certain spots, I would just stress not looking at necessarily the letter next to their name because these guys can all do different things.
0: And and part of the creativity of Spags, and and Shop and I have talked about this, and we have too, Nickel's usually three corners, two safeties. Not with spags. No. That could be three safeties and two corners. He could play a dime with four safeties. What are we seeing, Sean? Is this just the Chiefs, or is this what football is turning into?
1: Well, I think growing up, everybody tells you that availability is the best ability. And I think with the Chiefs in, uh, showing you that it's versatility, it might be the best ability at the end of the day. Um, and, that, and that's a way of just learning how to continue to evolve what you do to not only just keep up with times – but you want to be a trendsetter. I mean, we want we want other teams looking at us and like, who is coming from where? Who's got deep half? Is this a man coverage? Is this half man half zone? What kind of concepts are going on? By the time the quarterback figures it out, he got Sack Nation. The president CEO of Sack Nation breathing down his throat, right? He got Mac Dan, uh, Mike Dana with a with a with a palm in his in his face, giving him the dirty the dirty bird or something like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, I mean, it, it creates doubt. Everything on defense is to make something look like something while we're really doing something else, cause a split second of doubt so that you and your receivers and running backs throw the protection off. That, 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 that hair second, that extra second it takes you to deliver the ball, is usually going to result in a turnover, a sack, pressure, fumble, something like that. And that's what we do at a, at a very high level. But it takes very smart players, very versatile players, because a D in our defense stands for dime, but three different players can play it. Yeah. A corner is a corner, but a safety or a nickel can be there depending on how the offensive set comes out. The, 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 on defense, when you can know each other's jobs and we don't need to be rock rolling, safety, switching, running over, you just line up as a defense. You let the offense make your set, reset, change positions, and when you're ready to go play football, <laughs> now we're ready to go because we all know what we got to do. We're waiting for you. Just hike the ball so we can come hit you in the face. And that's what we do on defense. But everybody has to be on the same page. You have to be great communicators and you have to trust one another. And I think as this defense gets a little bit longer in the tooth, I love Hitchens and Willie Gay. We, we talk about him and Bolton and the linebackers. Obviously, I gotta give a shout out to those linebackers anytime I can <laughs> because that's the heart of the defense. But we know Honey Badger and those safeties are the brain. And Amen. they make it go. So we got the heart and the brain. I don't know what, what part of the body Chris Jones and <laughs> those guys uh, let's are. That's ace of clubs, man. are <laughs> <laughs> just... Clubs are Trump. We're playing clubs, and I'm playing
0: that ace. So he is the ace of clubs. It's going to be fun, Matt. Yeah,
2: it's going to be a lot of fun. I want to add one thing to that point, too, because think about special teams. How important was special teams in this preseason? If you want to be versatile, that also means playing on special teams. Mm -hmm. Think about Jarek McKinnon. He comes to mind. He made this team, yes, as a running back, but also because of what he did on special teams in the preseason. He was awesome on special teams, makes his team as a running back. And I'll go back to Jody Fortson one more time. This is like the Jody Fortson podcast at this point. He had 29 special team snaps in the preseason that was the most of any player so and he played really well on special teams so when you're thinking about players that made this team it wasn't just offense wasn't just defense and what they can do in terms of their versatility there it was also special teams and that will be very important particularly for the guys in the back end of this roster as the season goes on
0: dave tobe's ninth season here i think this is his best core of special teams guys he's ever had byron pringle ben neiman dorian o'daniel mm. now Fortson joins that list. Armani Watts. Armani Watts. So there are dudes there. You want to find the Matthew Slaters of the world, right? That's right. That's and, right. And if you got some of those guys that can still be on scrimmage downs, dead. great point, great point. All right. Now, if you haven't learned from the wisdom of Smoke Barber, that's the father of <laughs> Sean, uh, and what a great life he had. And so, uh, But know this as we close out this edition of Defending the Kingdom. You can either be the stick or you can be the pinata.
1: <laughs> you can be the hammer or you can be the nail. <laughs> it's trying to
0: be the stick, right? Don't want to be the pinata. I want to Here start every that. Monday like that. You know, you got to be the stick or the nail. Did you ever <laughs> the hammer or the nail? Did you guys ever stay up and study for the test? I could never do it. I get to like two o'clock and I'm like, oh, I can't do it anymore. But these coordinators that play us. They're going to be up all night for two or three nights. Mm -mm -mm -mm. And I'm not talking just the defensive coordinators. I'm talking about an offensive coordinator going, how do I set my protections against these guys? Yeah. This is going to be fun. (laughs) Sean Barber, the shop is always open. Matt McMullen, the human flash drive. You can follow them on Twitter. (laughs) And thanks to the folks at 360 360 Vodka for uh, being the sponsor of Defending the Kingdom. The best of times, the worst of times. But now... We hit it full throttle. Next week, we get ready for the Cleveland Browns. Thanks for joining us on this edition of Defending the Kingdom. touchdown! Lock it down! And the celebration begins at Arrowhead.